It's a multi-part. It's a multi-parter. Hello, and welcome back to Tangent Space. This episode, we're going to talk about impersonation. Uh, so this is a, a thing that's kind of been touched on with a lot of topics we've had so far, AI, Turing test kind of stuff, or making a, a simulated reality seem real with little effort. But it's a really common thing that's starting to happen uh, with our technology today, uh, is this idea of reproducing another person in, in appearance, whether it be their voice or the visuals or whatever, in a way to deceive someone into thinking it's them. So, you know, like I said, it's been around forever. It's crazy popular in television. I think maybe in part because it saves money on actors. <laughs> you can have one person <laughs> playing multiple people, uh, you know, and it's a like a, there's like a ton of tropes for this. But there's always been, you know, like handwriting, forgery and so on and, and whatnot. But it's I feel accelerating a bit now and becoming a little more frightening because of machine learning technologies where you can, you know, learn someone's voice, say, or superimpose their face in a video in a way that's really hard to detect. So that's something I think we're going to have to deal with in the near future. And so it made it an interesting topic to me. Mm -hmm. Well, since you mentioned in TV and movies, what's your favorite example, maybe? Uh, yeah, good question. Well, I of course, <laughs> here we go. I've been, you know, watching Star Trek whenever I'm just trying to chill out. As and Brandon does. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching a bunch of Deep Space Nine, which has all these shapeshifters in it. And shapeshifting is like a, a huge section of this trope. But they, they basically are aliens that can take the form and sound like and look like whoever. And it's an enormous problem in this universe because they're infiltrating society and they replace leaders and so on and, like can cause a whole bunch of chaos and turn people against each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually, the main weapon of it is not what the, the doppelgangers themselves do, but it's the fear of everyone being a doppelganger, right? This is what always destroys groups is that they, they now, because of the sheer existence of doppelgangers, suspect each other so much that they, like, the, all groups implode. Uh, it's just the idea right. of it ruins everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that might be my favorite. There's... There's a bunch of, like, full shapeshifter examples like that, you know, like Terminator 2 or... Uh, yeah, T-1000, Mystique from X-Men. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's all over the place. I always thought T-1000 was pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Too, when he just, oh, like, yeah. is all creepy-faced and he just picks up the phone and imitates... Yeah, like, the, the kid's phone, voice man. ...or whoever. That, that was freaky. Yeah, that was the scariest part. Like, when he calls home and then it, like... He hears his mom answer, and then it cuts, and you see that it's that dude, like, and yep. her voice is coming out of him. Yep. He has to, like, you know, ask for the dog's name or something to figure out that it's not her. Yeah, that's that's one that's still real futuristic, right? I don't think we have to worry about, like, a real person switching their appearance in front of you anytime soon. That we know about. It could be happening, and we don't know about it. <laughs> Well, of course, that's always true. Yeah, that's part of the thing, right? Yeah. If you could just be convinced that it was possible, Paranoia. it would already be a problem, right? 
Mm-hmm. It's like a, a basilisk sort of dilemma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very clever. That's why you have yeah. to have all yeah, those um, systems set up like in uh, the first Dune book. All right, what were those? So he had like, which I think people actually do in real life, life like soldiers and rich family stuff. If you're kidnapped or something, like ways to transmit messages, certain words you use, which oh, give yeah. information. Or right. blinking your eyes in Morse code oh, yeah. or tapping your I finger. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something only they would know, which is like the classic way out, right? In any of these stories is that you try to yep. find something that only they would know. Yeah, it's a shared secret, kind of how some cryptography works. Right. It's a shared secret. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, that's pretty hard to beat. I don't think I can. I mean, unless someone knows everything that they know, it's impossible to to fake that yeah i think that's that's the problem is you have to do that ahead of time right you have right. to you have to agree on it the situation well but some of yeah. them can be ad-libbed right like you could like ask what was oh right yeah you're just some shared memory you know like yeah that can work yeah although memory Depending isn't great could, <laughs> like yeah, if i picked a bad example goes... i could probably be convinced that it was not the way i remembered it yeah, I think that goes really to what you were um, starting talking about with doctored photographs, videos, audio. Right. So I was just reading an article from Vox, which was published, um, I think, at the end of April, so a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. about this idea of false memories of um, not just changing, like, you know, putting out a video where it sounds or looks like the president or leader saying something, which is the mm-hmm. technology you're referring to with machine learning to take a video of someone and their voice and then being able to make it arbitrarily do. Yeah. I think it's called style transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Like learns the style of whatever that person is and it can, you know, take a script and then deliver it in video in the the style of that person. Yeah. So you can do that with video and audio now Mm -hmm. fairly easily. That's a lot of current research using machine learning. Yeah. And anyway, the point of this article was about that it's not just about the future, but it's also the past. So that you can already, they have plenty of researchers look at this, right? If you show someone a, f- a fake photograph and you ask them if they remember that happening, mm-hmm. right? There, some percentage of people are going to remember it happening even though it never happened. Oh, shit. Or they'll remember it happening, the event, but not the photograph. They'll be like, oh, right. yeah, I remember when that happened, but I, I don't remember that photograph. Wow. Even if the whole thing is, is made up. This is um, just made up. Yeah, and the article goes into some, and it links to a bunch of papers and stuff, so I should put it on the on the huh. website in our show notes. Huh. But things with, like, if it's an event which corresponds with your own personal beliefs, your political beliefs, you're more likely to believe it. Right. If you think the source is credible, if you've heard it from uh, many different people, if you heard it from your own community. So, like, all these kind of echo chamber type effects yeah. can just amplify it. And the funniest example I thought in the article, which I hadn't heard about, so here's a question. Do you remember a movie starring Sinbad named Shazam? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah, so apparently that's not a thing. There's no movie named Shazam with Sinbad in it. What? And there's a whole like subreddit dedicated to this movie and remember memories of it and all this stuff when it's not a thing. Are you sure? Well, I, so I, I didn't fact <laughs> it's not check. It's like a conspiracy right where they just <laughs> got rid of it. They really didn't like it. The closest thing, huh. I think, is a Shaq movie called Kazam. Oh. Fascinating. Yeah, that's, I think, what I was remembering. 
Yeah, and yet you can be prompt, and then so then people join the subreddit and remember this movie and like think about their childhood memories and all this stuff, and they can't. A lot of them can't be convinced that it never happened. Wow. Or if they do realize that it never happened, they feel like they've been robbed of some part of their childhood. <laughs> That's awful. Shazam is not a huh. movie. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah, freaky. And that's, I mean, yeah, that's just like a generic bug, you know, in people. But, like, imagine if there was some kind of targeted effort to put a memory right. like this in you. It right. would be way better. And that's the problem is how do you, rem- like, we don't remember things exactly. Mm-hmm. We don't have perfect memory. Our memory doesn't work the way we think it works. It's constantly changing. It's constantly yeah. in- constantly influenced by other people. And so this is a big, like, not a way yeah. I really thought about it. I always thought about it in terms of, you know, like fake videos, fake propaganda, things like yeah. that. But the idea that the whole past can be changed huh. is like, what, how do we even know anything? Yeah, I didn't think about that. And and my main concern also with a lot of the fake stuff is that we know that even if you've been told something is false, I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, Yeah, this uh, illusion of truth effect right. and right. these right. other heuristics the brain uses you're still going to remember it even if you were told it was false and you're more likely than through repetition especially to realize or to think that it's something that happened i think it's yeah. true yeah 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 that's freaky especially you know i think about your your memory point right like what if you were exposed to yourself saying things like right like what that if was, someone that's a thing what if someone got a hold of you know it Clearly, we've put out enough podcasts now that this is really easy for anyone to do. Fucking okay. I think you only need like twenty. Not minutes to give anyone dead. any ideas, but it's too late. <laughs> but like, you could go back, right, and put things mm-hmm. in to earlier podcasts, say that one or the other of us had said, and then if we went back and listened, yeah, would you be able to tell? Like, yeah, am I, mean, I, I don't remember everything we that said. I said that. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, that was um in that Vox article it came up too. It was like, what if? Uh, the police use it, and they show you a confession video. Be like, yeah, you confessed. You just you don't remember. You're on a lot of stress, which happens. You might suppress it. You might not remember yeah. the details. But here's a video of you. Looks like you. Sounds like you. You're convinced it's you confessing to a crime you didn't commit. Right. Ugh. Yeah, especially if you combine this with some sort of, like, memory loss, right? Where if you have a gap in your memory already, it would be right. super easy to convince someone. Yeah, just that knock they, you out you know, for a few minutes and yeah. be like, yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, you yeah, sleep every night. <laughs> you could just be like, right. here's this video of <laughs> forgot, you sleepwalking where you robbed a bank. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, obviously you wouldn't yeah. have remembered it, but. <laughs> yeah. Which takes me back to one of my favorite movies, Memento. Mm. One of the yeah. best Nolan movies. But this idea of not being able to form memories, uh, you know, you don't have short-term memory. Right. You don't even have long-term memory right. anymore. It's very and like... so you have to rely on notes and other systems and stuff. So what happens if there's a fault in your system or you haven't figured out a good system yet or yep. someone messes with it? Yep. That's all you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's terrifying. I guess it makes you want to have some form of alternate memory, right? This this is like another terrifying technology, like, that, that, again, is a good Black Mirror episode on, but where, like, people have contacts or, or some device that records everything that ever happens to them. Yeah, so I've now you're one. sort of defended against false oh, memories, God, that's right? terrifying. So I know it's terrifying by itself, but would you take it in order to not fear someone implanting memories on you? I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I guess one thing that's nice is it... 
I mean, that makes it more difficult, right? Is it has to reproduce the audio. Like, it has to be a believable acoustics, right? I bet this is a good way around it. So say you had a bunch of recording of us doing podcast, uh, and I sit at my desk, and there's a wall right behind me, and there's a specific acoustics to this room that is part of the recording that is probably yeah. really hard to separate from my actual voice, right? So yeah. so if you wanted to doctor a recording of me, say, you know, giving a public speech or talking outside or, or something like that, the the thing that has learned the acoustics of my room is going to miss that, right? Unless you're really good at somehow removing the acoustics from the voice and then adding the new appropriate acoustics. Adding, adding, yeah, I don't know how removing would work. I guess similar. I mean, adding, they do, right? You have all these audio effects you can put where it makes it sound like you're talking in the bathroom or in a stadium. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, reverb and I mean, stuff they're is not the greatest, right? but... Because there probably are subtle echoes of what I'm saying in this recording, right? Like time delayed by whatever time it takes to go to the wall and back to the microphone. And you could probably... Yeah, you should be able to reconstruct the room actually from the recording. Yeah, that's a... Like the basic dimensions of the room Classic problem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the usual, was it to uh, hear the shape of a drum? Yep. Or however Feynman used to put it. Yep. Yeah, that's the classic thing. And I don't. I think it's possible. It's just degenerate a bit, right? Like there are different configurations of room that could construct the same reverb. But you at least could get a similar. You could get the size of like you know how if you were sitting or standing, mm-hmm. given one of those like how tall the ceiling was. If it was like concrete, yeah, or wood yeah. yeah but I mean, if or... all we're if we're not trying to care about, if we don't care about the actual shape of the room, which in this case we don't. We just care about reproducing or removing the effect of it then a degenerate solution doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, they must be pretty good at removing it, right? Because they have to do this for mm. anything, right? Like movies with, um, I mean, I guess, okay, you record voice stuff in a like a sound booth and then you add it back in. But uh-huh. they do that, right? They do re-voiceovers, right, where they record it in a sound booth or something right. and then add it to the film. So they have to be able to add in the kind of acoustic properties roughly. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Although, do they get around that by just recording, like getting quality recording close to like actors and stuff so it doesn't have much of the like room effects? I would imagine, right? Because yeah. you don't want it to sound different if you're in the studio, if you're in a set, no, yeah, like yeah. in a set or in a real life. So they must, yeah, they must try to record with minimal yeah. acoustic Yeah, but that issues. makes you a little safer, right, with some like random informa- like recordings of you because they're not usually that high quality. Yeah, that's true. But on the other hand, that works the other way, too, because most people listen and watch things not in high quality, so they're not going to pick up on stuff. Right. If you're just talking about convincing a person that you're speaking about oh, yeah. the crowd. They're not going to notice. Yeah, no, I, I'm thinking more like if like a professional could detect this. Yeah. Remember, I think I showed this to you. There was um, like a research paper on extracting audio from seeing like a chip bag. Um, yeah. Vibrate. Yeah. Wow. Right. Blew my mind. So yeah, you should probably do it describe the other way, it again, right? No, yeah. Okay. So the idea was there if you have a video, and this was through like regular consumer like handheld video. Yeah. Um, of someone talking, and there's a bag of chips that are open on the desk. Like you. Yeah, but you're separated by like a glass. Yeah, you can't hear anything. Yeah. Right. You can't. You can't see it visually, for uh-huh. instance, by your eye. But if you zoom in pixel by pixel, there's a slight distortion from the sound waves hitting the bag of chips. Yeah, and so you can use that to reconstruct the audio to get a What's rough. What's being said? Yeah, 
recording oh, of that, right? Which crap. is the idea of how like a laser microphone works. You point a laser at a sure. window. Yeah, yeah. And the vibration changes the patterns it comes back and you can detect what's being said in the room. So yeah. it's the same thing, but doing it without a laser, without like high speed video or anything like that. Yeah. And it worked, which was amazing. So now you can flip Oof. it around. If you have a video of someone giving a speech or something, you look to see is there paper, or a piece of foil, something, uh-huh. and extract what audio comes from there. If they oh, didn't yeah. change it, which would oh, be a yeah. very difficult. Your thing, surroundings or even should that also might be doing the same thing too. Right. Ooh. Yeah, so you should be able to see the effects of the sound on all these other objects. And that, I feel like, would good. be even harder to fake. That's pretty good. Because of um, the intricacies involved right. there. So but I don't know. I just need to hold a bag of chips every time I speak in public, and I'll be immune. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> huh. But I guess you could probably change that because visually you can't see it. So you should be able to then, on the pixel-by-pixel level, change it to match the sound. But that'll introduce possibly more artifacts that you can detect right see if it's fake or it just seems like an extra complication that would make it not as easy as just the face having the right shape of the mouth you know the lips having the right shape for the words that you've also yeah yeah but even then there's so many i mean you don't know what that's a lot of its interpretation even though there's video and audio it's how you interpret stuff you know, there's still ways to mess with the system. Or, yeah. You're always going to push to the sensitivity limit, right? Like, oh, I can kind of see what's going on over there, but not really. Right. Yeah. Got to have some imagination still. Yeah, that or, you know, people don't pick up on their micro facial expressions or kind of certain tics maybe they're not aware of mm-hmm. or body language stuff they don't realize is saying something that they don't even know that they were saying Yeah, or feeling. That's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Mm. Any insight into the real me is absolutely terrifying. That should just stay secret. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep that locked down. <laughs> that says something, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, see, the fact that you're thinking about what it says, terrifying. <laughs> that alone was too much insight. <laughs> We're like, just... <laughs> freaked ourselves out oh god how much information we're putting out yeah toss the computer out the window yeah you wonder about that it's always some yeah i mean you think you would like careful with social media stuff you know like what do you put out there that could let someone impersonate you right because identity theft is a huge thing right people oh yeah that's the 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 equivalent we have right now yeah so you don't you you want to sort of limit the amount of information you put out but it there's so many blind spots like I, mm-hmm. We're just not trained to deal with this. Yeah. You know, I've often wondered this maybe isn't relevant, but I feel like a huge source of data about me, about my personality even, is that all these video games that we play now are hooked up online and they have, uh, you know, not just my like choices or whatever, something explicit explicitly moral or whatever in a in a video game like an rpg but they have my like responses like say i'm just playing you know something stupid like pac-man or or whatever Mm -hmm. like a a side scroller uh there is a ton of information i feel like on the like response that i'm giving you know how i play a video game about my brain hmm you, you know what I mean? About some sort of deconstruction or reverse engineering of your brain. Yeah, like I feel like that is a super rich. <laughs> you that know, is a like, deep and frightening paranoia. 
right? That you've now exposed. Ah, me to. I mean, there's so much too, right? Like people play video games all the time, and then you're just like constant I/O, like feeds you information, gets information back. It's like a ton of data. I mean, you could certainly emulate someone's game style very easily, right? Like it'd be very easy to be like, okay, this plays exactly like you play. But I feel like it can't be that isolated. Like it must learn something about the like wiring of your brain and probably like personality. There's like a, a bet a ton of things that it touches. Hmm. I had not thought about that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's definitely the kind of, at least some of that data I know developers and stuff will use to figure out, yeah, what are the tricky parts of a game or yeah, right, trying to like figure out what emotion someone's feeling maybe, like if you want to elicit a certain response, mm-hmm. that kind of data could be valuable. Or I guess even better is watching someone play, right? You see their pupils yeah. dilate enough and where they move, what is their heart rate, like. Sure. You could definitely make it more rich. Hmm. Yikes. <laughs> now we can't say anything because the robots will copy us. <laughs> Shit. I mean, maybe at some point this becomes so common in society that we shift away from that. I mean, maybe that's a behavior that's, you know, more cultural just because we're used to seeing things and trusting them. But if we came came to a point where we just don't trust anything ever, then that wouldn't be the default mentality anymore. Yeah, I don't don't know. It's definitely some interesting dystopian kind of settings where if no one believes anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. (laughs) And yeah, this. Okay. So this another place I thought of that this can be terrible. I mean, maybe we come back and solve this later. But so the the devaluing of truth, right? When you can just produce it, right? Any truth, you know, or equivalent believable thing for like zero effort. I mean, none of it means anything anymore, right? They all might as well be false. Yeah. So I was thinking about this with, um, you know, say there, someone was impersonated and I've seen a few, there's like a black mirror episode or a few things like this where like a, a dead person, say a loved one gets impersonated for you but they're just there to replace the person that you lost and done well enough. It becomes a sort of weird moral question. Like, do you care (laughs) that it's not the real person if they perfectly represent them to you? You know, I mean, it sounds kind of nice, right? Like, okay, maybe no one has to really die anymore if we've recorded enough of them. But aside from the weird creepiness of that, uh, the thing that terrifies me is that it, it also devalues the actual life in the first place, right? So if if I am easily copied from anyone else's point of view, the real me is now worthless. Like you could get rid of the real me and no one would care. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Saying. It completely devalues all... <laughs> original well, I mean, humanity it, yeah if it does become such a perf if you imagine the end point of such a perfect copy of something then is there any difference that becomes more of a philosophical question yeah it's for sure yeah it, ah, it, i mean you can always take this like to a step where like a, a place where you're not bothered by it right where yeah. it seems like it's okay like say it was a pet right say i had 
you know, or a, like a particularly not interesting pet, right? Like a hamster, right? Like, could I? Would I really care if it was replaced by a hologram know? hamster? Yeah, yeah, probably not. But it's all continuous, right? Like, where do I draw yeah. the line then? Yeah. What actually matters to me that it's the authentic thing that I have, right? Yeah, or what does it mean if you can copy someone exactly and you have two of them? Yeah, like which one is? Are they are they going to go off and do different things? Are they going to do you consider them the same person or? Yeah, God, yeah, like someone could just you know murder the original or whatever, and mm-hmm. normally I'd be super upset about it. But if they immediately just gave me a new one, I'd be like, well, okay, I mean it's inconvenient that you did that, but I'm not real mad. <laughs> but yeah, but from that person's point of view, it was awful. Like so right. now the only way, I mean maybe the only way to prevent this like watering down of morality is to always take it from the point of view of the victim right mm-hmm. like the crime can't be measured by other people's uh, the effect on other people it's only the effect on the victim and that yeah. never changes or does it ha 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 it is too late alpha brand we no longer need you sorry everyone I'm just kidding this is actually a digital impersonation of my voice, made with the Larbird engine. I added this in post-production. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed the last episode that we'll actually speak as ourselves, because the machines will take over. Yeah. And do the speaking for us. Yeah. Goodbye, humanity. <laughs> hmm. I think Brandon's given us several new ways to be paranoid. <laughs> Yeah, it's too late though. I feel sort of better about it in that way. We might as well keep going. We already gave out our voice blueprints, whatever. So you're not going to live a life in fear. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we're going to try featuring some different outro music every once in a while to highlight our friends and each other's work. So this week we have a quick little recording from my brother, Alexander K. Hyas. You can find his music on SoundCloud which we'll link to in the show notes on the website, and he'll play us out.